Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, Prayer Changes Things. It shall be focused on a study of 2 Kings chapter 20. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And in this wonderful scripture, we see, Lord, how Hezekiah, through his fervent prayer, changed your mind. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, that you... It's, it's an amazing thing to think that you changed your mind. Not about your word, Lord, but you extended grace unto Hezekiah and gave him more years. And receive, and the end of his years didn't end out so great. But even if he knew that, he still, Lord, gave him grace and extended it. So we pray, Father, we ultimately want your, your perfect will in our lives. But help us, Father, through the power of prayer to open, to open doors that are shut before us. And Lord, to go forth boldly, you said, ask abundantly so that we may receive in the same way. So we, we thank you, Lord, that you're more than willing to give us above over what we can ever ask or think. If only we would ask. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Kings chapter 20. Chapter 20 In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die, and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall, and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, Is it a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees? Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which they had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. At that time Barodak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them, and showed them all the house of his precious things, 
the silver and the gold, and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come, that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good, if peace and truth be in my days? And the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made a pool and a conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. This was preached in 1954 on August the 13th. We'll begin at paragraph 1 up to paragraph 19. I trust you find it to be a blessing. See what a prophet is for? He's not a healer. He's to find out the will of God for you. So they sent for the prophet. Perhaps Hezekiah had the doctors up there. They'd done everything for him. But it looked like he didn't get any better, so they sent the prophet and asked the prophet, what was the will of the Lord? So when the prophet got the will of the Lord, here he come in out of the wilderness and come on into the home, up to the palace, went to Hezekiah laying on the bed. He said, thus saith the Lord. Brother, that's thus saith the Lord. That's what the Lord has said. He said, thus saith the Lord, you're not coming off that bed, but you're, you're going to die on that bed. And he turned around and walked out. Now, could you imagine, I always felt sorry for Isaiah in this respect. When he walked out, perhaps the dignitaries and so forth were standing at the gate, and I could hear him say, O prophet of God, we know that you have the word of the Lord. It dwells in you. So what is the, our, our hope for our king? I can hear him raise his, raise his hand and say, Thus saith the Lord, the king will not come off that bed, he'll die on that bed. Walks on out to the galleries, here a group of soldiers meets him, and, oh, prophet of God, we know that you have the word of God. And what has the Lord said about our king? Thus saith the Lord, he's going to die and not live. On out into the poor people, standing at the gate as he passed out. Well, he say, they say, we love our king, O prophet. He's a good man. What is the will of the Lord for our, for our king? Is he going to live? See, Isaiah straightened himself up, the prophet of the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord, he'll die and not live. Mind his reputation as a prophet hanging on that. Goes on out into the place where he was, is bound for. And this Hezekiah, after he had heard that, notice that didn't whip him. He turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly. 
in prayer. He said, God, I beseech thee to consider me, for I have walked before you with a perfect heart. Could you say that tonight? I have walked before you with a perfect heart. He needed 15 years longer. He asked for that. And weeping bitterly. Now, I believe that he was talking to Jehovah. Don't you believe so? To God himself. Now, who's the highest man in the kingdom? Of course, the king is. Well, Jehovah and the king, the highest man in the kingdom of Israel, talking face to face with Jehovah, why didn't Jehovah talk back to him? But instead of that, he goes out into the wilderness where his prophet was and said, Now, I've heard his prayer. You go tell him that I've heard him and go to spare him for 15 years. And the king, the highest dignitary, the potentate, standing there, talking face to face with Jehovah, and he didn't answer him back, but went and told the prophet to come tell him. God has ways of doing things, and we must submit ourselves to the will of God and the ways of God. Standing talking to him, it yet made the prophet come all the way back. Could you imagine the embarrassment of Isaiah coming back saying, Well, what are you coming back for, Isaiah? Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live, he's coming off the bed. Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live and coming off the bed. What made the difference? He passed out saying, Thus saith the Lord, he's going to die. Thus saith the Lord, he's going to die. Here he comes back saying, Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live. Thus saith the Lord, he's going to live. What made the difference? Prayer. Change things. From death to life. That's what prayer does for you tonight. From death to life. Don't be scared to take God's word. I should close now, but I won't say something else just a minute. Look, the trouble of it is, with you Pentecostal people, and all people, you're afraid to take God at his word. That's it. Don't be afraid. He'll bring it to pass. Just accept it and stay with it. The scripture says he's the high priest of our confession. Now, not the high priest of your feelings, the high priest of your confession. Now, Hebrews 3 said we, he's the high priest of our confession. Now, any scholar knows that profess is used there, but profess and confess is the very same word, same Greek word, confess and profess. See, he's a high priest, of, the scripture says the King James, of our profession, our confession. Now, he's sitting at the right hand of God to make intercessions upon your confession. Now, he can't do nothing to you or for you until you accept what he has already done and confess it. I'm not saved tonight because I feel like I'm saved. I'm saved tonight because I met God's requirements in his word. God's under obligation to take care of me if I meet those requirements. Is that right? Well, somebody says, I'm saved because I feel good. Drunkards do that. Sure. The devil can beat you around and around a stump on your feelings, but when he meets the word of God, no, sir, he can't come on that. And God brought salvation and divine healing so simple that the the weakest Christian can have every attribute of his life. When Jesus, you believe he was Emmanuel? All that God was was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. Every gift that was in God was in Christ. And he had all those fine qualities in him. Everything that God was was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. But when he met Satan, to let you know that you had this authority, he never used one of his gifts or any of his power. Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, do a miracle here before me, let me see you. He said, It's written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He took him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said, quoted some scripture, quoted some scripture, and said, 
uh, angels bear thee up by saying, Time dash foot against stone, he said, and it's also written. And he took him up on the mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, said, These are mine, I'll give them to you if you'll worship me. And Jesus said, It is written. Every time he, Satan comes to him, he said, It is written. My father has said thus. My father has said thus. And he defeated Satan on the word of God. And every Christian in here can defeat Satan any place, anywhere, anytime on the word of the living God. Say, Thus saith the Lord, it is written. When you pray tonight, say, Lord, I accept my healing, I believe it. No matter what you feel like, say, I believe it. Jesus never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? Not your feelings. He's not the high priest of your feelings. He's the high priest of your confession. You accept it, believe it, and confess it. Same principle, coming to the altar. You could come up here at the altar, cry all night long, beat on the altar, scream, holler, get up in the morning, cry all day long, beat on the altar, scream and holler, until you got gray-headed for a year in and out. And you'll never, never have salvation until you accept what Jesus did for you and then confess it. Is that right? You've got to confess it. Now you don't, you don't, it ain't where you've confessed it first and act upon it, and then the feeling comes afterwards. That's where it's healing. You accept it. Jesus, you said it so, I believe you. I've got it. It's my personal property. I signed this check, sent it into you. You told me whatever I asked in prayer to believe I received it, and I believe that you said and told the truth, and that's for me. Somebody say, how you feel? Wonderful. Well, I remember when Mayo Brothers turned me down with stomach trouble, said I could never be well. That my stomach was a raw, bloody ulcer, and there's nothing to be done. I accepted Jesus Christ as my healer. I went home. Mother said, I said, I asked a blessing at the table. And the doctor said, if he eats one mouthful of solid food, it had acute indigestion, die in five minutes. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I had to believe either the doctor or what God said. They'd doctored me for two years and done nothing for me. And we had, we had cornbread and beans and onions. I don't know where you ever had any of that or not. But it's good. And when I asked the blessing, I said, Lord, I, I believe you, and I've accepted my healing. I, Mama had my prune juice poured out there in barley water mixed together, you know, and my two little salty crackers, and that's all I get. I said, pass me some beans. And she said, oh, honey, you can't eat that. I said, the Lord said, I could. oh, the doctor said, I said, but I believe the Lord's word. So they gave me a plate full of beans, and I took a great, I hadn't eaten for two years or nothing like that. I got a big mouthful of beans, a piece of onion, a chunk of cornbread. I started chewing away, tasted good. When I swallowed it, it hit that raw stomach, it come right back up. I held my hand over my mouth. I said, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You don't come out of there. No, sir. I held my hand over my mouth. I got another mouthful chewed and swallowed it. I put it right on top of it, and I packed it so full it couldn't come up. That's right. I just held it there. Boy, I started out the room. I went out in the hot water running down my mouth. Mother said, how you feel? I said, wonderful. I went down the street and... I was going down the street singing, I can, I will, I do believe, I can, I will, I do believe. Someone said, how you feeling, Robert Graham? I said, wonderful. I can, I will, I do believe that Jesus heals me now. Are you, you feeling better, Robert Graham? Wonderful. Feel good. Jesus heal me. Week after week passed, just the same. That night, every bit of it was laying right there. I went to the table. You know how poor people are. I said, pass me some more beans and cornbread. That's right. And I eat it. And I tell you, brother, the mama called the doctor. She said, well, that's, it said, well, he'll kill him as sure as the world. <laughs> I did, to my unbelief, and I got alive and faith now with Christ Jesus. Now, he said, 
I weigh 165 pounds. I weigh 118 then. So you see what the Lord do? Take him at his word. Believe it. Confess it. No matter how you feel, believe it anyhow. He said so. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. The baby never come for 25 years later, but he still give God praise for it before it comes. He was strong in faith, giving praise to God. Yes, that's it. But you look at your symptoms. Just a minute. You look at your symptoms. You say, well, look here. I was prayed for for a crippled hand. My hand's no better. That's no sign you're not healed. God said so. <laughs> that's it. No matter what that hand takes place, it's what God said. It ain't for my hand. See? It's what God said. I accepted it, and I'll stay with it. That's all. <clears throat> now, he could open it up, or he, today, tomorrow, it might be 25 years, but I, you, let your testimony be positive. Every time you get sick and you are prayed for and you go out and get a little sick, you say, well, I guess I lost my healing. Then your testimony becomes negative. And Jesus can't say no more for you. He's the high priest of your confession, sitting there making intercessions on your confession. What you believe? All of you in here saved tonight. You just get in your head that you're not saved. You go around saying, no, I, I'm not saved no more. You're not saved. That's a big word for a bad decision. <laughs> That's true. You're backslid whenever you do that. That's right. Right. I believe you can backslide. Sure. <laughs> All right. But you see, you've got to have your testimony and your your confession positive. Not according to my feelings, but according to what he said. That's it. Talking about symptoms, I think of a fellow that really had symptoms, and that was Jonah. He was, the Lord told him and anointed him to go preach to a big city about the size of St. Louis, and some of the people didn't know which was right and left hand. He anointed him to go down there and preach to that city, or he would destroy it. Jonah thought, well, there's not many Christians down there, so there's probably more Christians here, so I'll, or believers, so he went over to Tarsha. But he got in trouble out on the sea. That's the way every fellow does that's running from God. You get in trouble sooner or later. Oh, how'd I see there? But I better leave it alone so, for right now. So I, I see Jonah out there in those. First thing you know, it kind of shocked the sea a little bit to see a backslider riding around out of the will of God. And so the sea got nervous about it and began to jump. And the storms come down. Everything goes wrong when you're backslidden. You know that's right. And here he was out there on the stormy sea. And after a while, he come up with a real good old confession, said, I'm the cause of it. Time of feet and hands and drove me out. And don't need all of us dying. So when he threw him out, God had a big old fish coming through the water. Just swallowed him. <laughs> that fish. Swallowed him. Anyone knows when a fish eats, feeds your goldfish, he goes right to the bottom and rests his swimmers on the bottom. He prowls through the water until he finds his prey. And when he eats, he goes down and rests. And then he'll come up and sun himself and so forth. But now, when the fish had swallowed Jonah, he'd got uh, all he needed for that day, so he, he goes down to the bottom of the sea. Now, you talk about a fellow with symptoms. He looked this way, it was whale's belly. That way was whale's belly. Everywhere he looked was whale's belly. Hands tied behind him, back slid, out in the stormy sea, laying in the bottom of the ocean in the belly of a whale. There's nobody here in that batter shape. I tell you there's not. There he was. God making intercessions upon your confession. Why, brother, kick them crutches away and throw away that old stomach trouble. Go on out and eat your supper and get well. Amen. Believe me, you've got the greatest weapon in the world in your hand, prayer. Here, some time ago, passing through a meeting, I was playing a back for the people. There's a woman come through the meeting, through the line. She had a serious stomach trouble. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Thus saith the Lord, after seeing what was wrong with her, she was going to make right what she had done wrong or something or another in that order. And he told her that she was going to get well. He said, Thus saith the Lord. A woman right behind her, another one was said for her, had a growth on her neck. The, that growth stayed right there. Told her to go eat her supper. 
She went and tried to eat, but she liked to die. Oh, my, she got sick. Days passed. She got sicker and sicker. And so she said she went back and got the tapes and played it. I have to watch what he says. When you hear him use, thus saith the Lord, remember, that's not your brother. That's him. See? Well, I'll be daring to use that. No, sir, brother. And so let it be him and him alone. And she seen it was the voice of the Holy Spirit that had spoke to her. And then several weeks passed, six or eight weeks, and she's just so bad with her stomach trouble. She'd try to eat and she'd just vomit. She'd try to eat again. And she'd tell her, going around telling everybody, I'm healed. While her husband and her children even laughed at her and made fun of her. Some of the neighbors made fun of her and said, Why, well, you're going crazy. So what did that holy roller preacher do to you? She said, It wasn't what he done, it's what God did. God gave me his promise and I believe it. See? And one morning after the family gone to school and to work, she was washing the dishes and and she got real hungry, so she picked up a little piece of bread. She says, the woman may be sitting right here tonight. And so she picked up a little piece of bread with toast, and she eat it. One of the children had left it on the table. She hadn't washed the dishes yet. And she stand at the window, and she said, something has come over. And she got real hungry, and she started eating that piece of toast. Used it to make her sick in a few minutes, and it didn't make her sick. So she said, well, I'll, I'll try some oats. <laughs> so she eat some oats. It didn't make her sick. So she said, I really will go to extremes to drink a cup of coffee. That didn't make her sick. She felt good. So down the street she went to her neighbor that had come with her and had a big growth on her neck. And she run down the street and went into the neighbor's house. She was go tell her what the Lord had done for her. And when she got down there, the neighbor was screaming and jumping up and down and carrying on and said, what's the matter? She said, my growth just left this morning. It's not there no more. And they had a great big jubilee together. Now what happened? Here's what happened. If God speaks anything, God's under obligation to take care of what he says. God can't come to your rescue just at every minute. The angel of the Lord can't get to you at every minute. You remember Daniel prayed, and I believe it, 21 days the angel, wasn't that right, scholar? 21 days before the, the angel could get to him, he said, I was withstood by the prince out there, the Medes of Persia. But he got to him and said, I heard you, but I couldn't get to you. What happened? The angel of the Lord was passing through that neighborhood confirming the word of God. That's exactly what taken place. Don't disbelieve except Jesus when you pray, believe you get what you ask for. Go out on testifying, praising his name. You'll get just what you ask for. Jesus Christ said so, not Brother Branham. The Lord Jesus said when you pray, believe that you receive that. And you'll have it. May he give it to you tonight and a double portion is my prayer. I want to see an hour when there won't be a wheelchair sitting there. I could look to you, sure, in a little while and know what's wrong with you, but what good would that do, see? Unless I knew you were healed. You believe tonight. Then you along here, all of you, whatever's wrong with you, some of you, of course, now you say the person in the wheelchair, the people rally to see that. But the thing that they do instead of seeing it, you see, they find that in that... While the person you wouldn't, I say that person there is crippled or sitting in a wheelchair and got something. Other. Well, you wouldn't notice that. But when a fellow says somebody with a, with a, got cancer or something, it's not going to live, it's going to die just in a day or two. You would, that's the person that you, as a live, a person in a wheelchair probably live an ordinary life as long as, uh, for years. But a man with a cancer or with heart trouble, unless something happens to him right away, he's going to die. Is that right? So, but God heals the sick, he heals the afflicted, 
And as Jesus passed through the pool there, there's nothing he could do about those things. Those people were crippled and lamed and halt. He went over to a man with an infirmity, made him well because God told him where the man was and showed it to him. And he went over and healed that man and went away. And he said these words, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. Is that right? That doeth the Son likewise. He's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe it? Then he's obligated to his word tonight to listen to his word and to confirm it as you believe it. Shall we pray? As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love and that you owe your ways higher than ours and more excellent than ours. Father, we thank you, Lord, to see that, Lord, you don't change the way that you do things. You said your word will always come to the prophets, and we see here that as great a king as Hezekiah was, you still spoke to him through your prophet. So we thank you that you're the never-changing God, and for that we can put all our trust in you. We thank you, Lord, to know that our wants don't always match what your desires are, but we trust in your word, and for we know that you know what's best for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.